You may be seated. Well, good morning. Good morning. Should we have a competition this side? Let me go ahead and dismiss our young ones. So if you can fit one of those tiny chairs, can hold chalk art, you're good to go with Ava Joy. Was back in the day, it was with hope. Now it's with joy, Ava Joy. For the rest of us, let me invite you this morning to turn to Genesis. If you're grabbing a pew Bible, that's page 11. The words will be on the screen. Genesis chapter 18. And we're going to pick up the first eight verses this morning. Cliff's going to come on up and read for us. And then we'll pray and do as we do. Get after it. Genesis 18, 1 through 8. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me give you something to eat, so you can be refreshed and then go on your way, now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered, do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said, get three sayas of fine flour and eat it and make some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf gave it to, and gave it to his servant, who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set those before him. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Let's pray. God, we gather together this morning to worship you, to praise you, to give you our, our thanks, our gratitude, to give you our, our hearts, our minds. We come this morning to be together, to encourage one another. And as we dive into your word now, would you reveal your heart to us? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So today we come now to what is the 18th chapter of Genesis. We come to what is the fourth Parsha, Parsha Vayera. Parsha again meaning section or, or portion. It refers to a, a passage of scripture. This particular Parsha travels from Genesis 18 all the way through to Genesis 22. Again, we're not going to pick all of that up. But with that, noting that the Torah, again, the first five books of the Bible, the Torah is divided into 54 Parshiot that are read weekly throughout the Jewish year, all of it culminating in what I have been calling the backstory of Jesus. Right, that in the same way that each one of us has a backstory, this history of experience, all that kind of shapes and gives direction to who we are today. In the same way, Jesus, he also has a backstory, a backstory that as we saw three weeks ago now, Parsha Bereshit picks up the story of creation. Of course, you can always go back and listen online or through the iTunes podcast. But the backstory tells us, reminds us that at the very heart of what it is to be human is to be in relationship. At the very core of our humanity is relationship. That at the very 
center of who we are is to be in relationship, and we can think connection, and we can think azer connecto, right? That idea of, of equality, right? Power and strength, that, that idea that, that every person has value and worth. But as we all know, life often doesn't go that way. And so into flowing into all of the disconnect and all of the all of the at odds with one another, flowing into all of the devaluing and diminishing and disregarding comes Parsha Noah. Right? What is the story of the flood? What is God's invitation to live into rebirth and renewal and and recreation? Right? What, what is, we could say, God's invitation to live a recreated life? And we can think Parsha Lech Lecha from last week. Right? This, this orientation to God, this, this recreated life, it is a life that is oriented to God. But not only oriented to God, as we'll see today, it is also a life that is devoted in service through acts of hospitality. Noting here in Genesis 18, we pick it up again, the fourth Parsha, Parsha Vayera. 18 and 1, it opens, the Lord appeared, that's Vayera. The Lord, he appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre. This would have been arid to semi-arid land. While he, Abraham, was sitting at the entrance to his tent, it says, in the heat of the day. Keeping in mind, this would not have been a tent like I go camping in. My most recent tent actually fits on the back of the truck, and that definitely would not have been their kind of tent. In fact, the scripture doesn't really give us too many specifics, or if any specifics, about what this tent looks like. But we do have the ancient nomadic tribes, the Bedouin in particular, that give us some insight and tell us that this tent would have been rather large. It would have probably had a number of different partitions within it. Most notable, would be that one side of the tent would have always been kept open. And that was a way of communicating to travelers that guests were always welcome. So Abraham, he's sitting, as would have been the custom. And then it says he looked up and saw, which again is a phrase we can easily pass over. But in Hebrew, it's a phrase, according to the scholar Kenneth Matthews, that signals an important, imminent event. And what is that event? Well, next line, it says three men standing nearby. So this idea of Abraham sitting and he looks up, there's this imminent event and it's three men. And then notice his response. It says when he saw them, he hurried. Now keep in mind the change here, right? Because it says he's been sitting and then after he saw them, it says he hurried. But again, this idea of sitting, we can pass right over it without giving up much thought. But the, the sitting shares what was an ancient Judaic value, that one would stay home as much as possible in order to be available to guests, to be available to travelers who were passing by, to be available to, to receive guests. And then it says, so it says he looked up and he saw, and then it says he hurried. That can be translated, he ran. It's this idea of going in a straight line swiftly. 
I think we think of today, we could say, you know, making a beeline for. It also has this idea of to guard and to protect. And so we can think Abraham, he's sitting here, he looks up, he sees there's this imminent event, right? And so he gets up and he makes a beeline for what is this important, imminent event again, and what is that? And we read to meet them. Three men standing nearby, and it says to meet them. Which I think, I hope, invites us to ask, what if we did that? I mean, when was the last time where you saw someone and you stood up and made a beeline for them? It reminds me of a comedian. He comes out on stage. He walks out on the stage and everyone just starts clapping. He hasn't said a word, but everyone's clapping. And he makes the point of, I show up to my job, I don't even say anything, and everybody starts cheering for me. And he said, what if we did that when we went to work? What if I went to my office and somebody came in and we all just started clapping and cheering? What if we did that, you know, you're sitting out there and somebody comes in the door? When was the last time you started clapping or cheering? When was the last time you got up and made a beeline? And what if we did that? What if that became our practice? of not just kind of being dismissive of one another, but really when we see somebody sharing that, that sort of intensity. It goes on, it says he hurries out to meet them, and then we read he bowed low to the ground, meaning he takes the posture of a, of a servant. And then notice he says, verse 3, if I have found favor in your eyes, which again is a common phrase, it would have been used by a servant. It was a way of expressing, we could say, humility. And so not only does he take the posture of a servant, he says, if I have found favor in your eyes, and then adding to that, he says, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. And so he identifies as a servant. And, and, and the point being here in both word and, and, and deed, Abraham not only demonstrates, again, think last week, not only demonstrates a life oriented to God, but here he, he demonstrates this life that, that is devoted in service through acts of hospitality in service to, to others. We see this play out. Next line, verse 4, let a little water be brought, and then you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me get you something to eat so you can be refreshed, and then go on your way. He's giving out of what he has now that you have come, and then he repeats to your servant, very well, the answer, do as you say. And then verse 6, so Abraham, and again, notice he hurried. There's lots of hurrying going on. There's lots of intensity. There's lots of intention. It says he hurried into the tent to Sarah quick. Same word, he tells Sarah, hurry. There's, again, that intensity. He said, get three, and it's same in the plural of Sarah, which would have been about 30 cords. We think it's about 30 to 40 pounds of the finest flour, kneaded and baked some bread. And then he ran again with intensity, being, making a beeline to the herd and selected a choice tender calf. He gave it to a servant who, surprise, hurried to prepare it. He, Abraham, then bought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree Meaning again, Abraham takes what would have been the posture of a servant, not eating with them, but standing nearby to, to serve. 
author, scholar, anthropologist Clinton Bailey. He has spent a lot of time, his lifetime, studying the culture of the Sinai Desert, the Negev region. He writes, the story of Abraham illustrates one of the most renowned and cherished social values in Bedouin society. And we can think desert nomadic life, namely the practice of hospitality. A hospitality that is absolutely paramount. Bailey adds that even an enemy must be received and protected as a guest. Professor and scholar Dennis, Dennis Bratcher, he puts it this way. He says they were obligated to provide for travelers that stopped at their tents and under these customs could expect protection from hostile actions from any who would do harm. Again, Bailey writes, allowing a guest to be harmed under one's own roof was a sin beyond forgiveness, which some at least would do anything to avoid. Right again, point being, right, that Abraham, he's demonstrating here that, a, that out of relationship and connection and equality, out of that, that place of rebirth and renewal and recreation, right, out of, out of a life that's oriented to God, it flows out in service to others, right, as a, as a servant through, through acts of hospitality. Now, if you've been around and read some of this text, you probably know some of the rest of the story as it relates to, to this idea of hospitality. In fact, we get a very visceral, sort of emotional example. We could say to, to the weight, to the consequence of hospitality. In both the story of Lot, which is the next chapter, Genesis 19, and also the Ephraimite from Judges, Judges 19. In the story of Lot, we read two guests arrive. This is at 19 and 1. The two angels arrived. Lot was sitting in the gateway of the city. When he saw them, he got up to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. My lords, he said, please turn aside to your servant's house. You can wash your feet and spend the night and then go on your way early in the morning. And so we get another example of what this idea of hospitality is like. In the same way, Judges 19 and 17, we read, When he looked and saw the traveler in the city square, and then dropping down to verse 20, it says, The old man said, You are welcome at my house. Let me supply whatever you need. Again, giving out of what he has. Only don't spend the night in the square. So he took him into his house, fed his donkeys. After they had washed their feet, they had something to eat and drink. And so in a way, it, it, all three stories reveal this idea of hospitality, right? That in, in, in all three cases, each one has made themselves available, right? They have created space so that they might be available to, to serve. They all looked and saw. We read that they all go out and greet the travelers. Meaning, again, they go the way of a, of a servant through acts of hospitality. There's also that sense of, of to guard and protect which is interesting because here we get, in these two stories, we, we see the, the great lengths that they would go to protect and to guard. 
from Genesis 19 and 4, before they had gone to bed, men from every part of the city of Sodom, both young and old, surrounded the house. They called to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we can have sex with them. Lot went outside to meet them, shut the door behind him and said, no, my friends, don't do this wicked thing. Look, I, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man. Let me bring them out to you. You can do what you like with them. But don't do anything to these men, for they have come under the protection of my roof. And judges. Kind of the same request, which the man replies. This is in verse 23. The owner of the house went outside and said to them, No, my friends, don't be so vile. Since this man is my guest, don't do this outrageous thing. Look, here's my virgin daughter and his concubine. I will bring them out to you now. You can use them and do to them whatever you wish. But as for the man, don't do such an outrageous thing. To which I think we all would say the whole thing is outrageous. Right, this whole thing, this, that whole idea, I mean, like, how do we even begin to understand or make sense of either of these passages? And I think the answer is we don't. Right, I have two daughters, let me bring them out to you. Here is my daughter, this concubine, I will bring them out to you. How do we even begin? And the answer is we don't. In fact, I would argue we shouldn't even try to make sense. And maybe that's the point. Right, that we cannot even, I mean, I mean the story here is so tragic and gut-wrenching. Like, how can a father even kind of consider, and maybe, maybe in, a, in a similar way to Abraham taking his son Isaac, and it says up to the, region of Moriah to be sacrificed as a burnt offering. And yet the point here is not to hand over our daughters. The point here is not that, we're, that we go and sacrifice our sons. But the point maybe is the deep significance of hospitality. the deep significance of, of every encounter, the deep significance of every conversation, right, be it with a friend or a stranger or, or even an enemy. That maybe the point is to create such a sort of a visceral sort of emotional response, but, but the deeper significance is that of hospitality. Then and now, that every encounter, every conversation, it matters, deeply matters. Right, that in the same way that we are to be oriented toward God in the same way we are, we are to be, we could say, oriented toward the way of a servant through acts of hospitality. And God says that matters. 
And the question then is, is that true for us? Is that true? Do we, do we live the way of a servant through acts of hospitality? We can even think of the Abraham story and we can ask, do I, do I keep my tent open in order to receive my guest? Do I make time to sit and wait for the one who wanders my way? How often do I create space just to sit and wait that I might be open to, to the one who is wandering by? Right, to be available. Do I make space and time to, to be available? We could ask, do I look up and see the stranger and invite her in? Do I hurry to greet and welcome the other as my guest? And again, notice with Abraham, he's sitting at the tent, he's available, but he doesn't wait for them to come, right? He gets up. The text says he goes out to meet them, to greet them. Do I hurry and greet and welcome the other? And then with that, like Abraham, we could ask, do we, do we offer what we have to the one in need? Do we offer what we have to the one in need? Right, the text says, let a, let a little water be brought and rest under this tree. Do we provide space for another to come and find rest? The text says, let me get you something to eat so that you can be refreshed now that you have come to your servant. Right, do we live this way of a servant? Do we live a life devoted to the way of a servant through our, our acts of hospitality? says, the Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. 